0: Hello and welcome to Be The Serpent, a podcast of extremely deep literary merit with your classy and sophisticated hosts, Alexandra Rowland, Freya Mask, and Jennifer Mace. On today's episode, we're joined by a special guest as we discuss a deadly education by Naomi Novik and Harry Potter and the Philosopher’s Stone by J.K. Rowland. Before we begin, a content warning. The edition of A Deadly Education that we read contains racist microaggressions, especially around a stereotype that relates to black hair. We did not discuss this in the episode, nor did we, the serpents, recognise it when we read the book. We will link in the transcripts to further writings on this by black critics, so that listeners can make an informed decision as to whether reading the book may be harmful to them.
1: And welcome to episode 71, Back to School. I'm Alex, and I'm the one who took too many arts and crafts classes, and now I have too many projects (laughs) and even more regrets.
0: I'm Freya, and I'm the jock who's secretly topping the year in biology, but trying to hide it.
2: (laughs) I'm Macy, and I am the mathlete who makes jocks cry for fun. (laughs) And I'm Naomi, the nerd who got locked
3: in the library after hours and didn't notice.
0: (laughs) We are three redheaded fantasy authors joined today by a special guest. A special a guest. Special guest.
1: <laughs> Hello, Naomi. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us. It's so wonderful It's my to pleasure have you. to be here. And uh... Freya, Freya, who, who is this Naomi person that we have with us? I, well, I pretended like I know who she is, but I actually have no idea.
0: And I'm sure no longtime listeners of this podcast will have any idea who this person is. But we are absolutely <laughs> delighted today to be joined by Naomi Novik, who is a fantasy writer of the Temeraire series, Uprooted, Spinning Silver, and the book we're going to be discussing yes. today. And also a founder of the Organization of Transformative Works, which is very near and dear to our hearts.
1: Indeed. Yes, I don't think you really gave me a chance to say and today we're talking about but today we're talking about some cool stuff. Uh, we're focusing today on magic schools and um Naomi's wonderful book, which is just about to come out, right? Uh, so soon. Yes, September twenty nine, I think. So I'm That's yeah. probably in the past it's, because we forget how time we works. We do forget how time works. We generally yes. have problems it will have with time just on just come this out. podcast it will have Aha! just come out <laughs> yes excellent it has just
3: come out um, yes we are leaping into the future yeah. it's like we, we are throwing our voices forward
1: <laughs> but before we get into all that fellow serpents and naomi uh what are we reading lately
0: i read the second book in kj charles's will darling series the sugared game which is just it's so delightful even more stabby grumpy bookseller and aristocratic nervy trash gremlin I love this series. <laughs> it was a wonderful escape. I had to then go back and reread some earlier KJ Charles favorites while I was in the mood. I then took a complete 180 and read yeah. some Octavia Butler for the very first time. <laughs> so I finally picked up Kindred, which was which is her book mm. about uh, a young black woman in the 1970s who finds herself being drawn back in time again and again to save the life of a plantation owner's son, who turns out to be one of her ancestors. It's obviously quite confronting reading. It's absolutely amazing. I'm definitely gonna be picking up all of the other butlers that have been sitting on my shelf, unread. (laughs) And surprising nobody, my yearly romp through Dorothy Dunnett has to this time continued into a book I've never read before. So I'm actually now making my way through the Niccolo series, and I just finished the second one. I've... how many hundreds of thousands of words have
2: done it are you going to have come out of 2020 having read Freya? all of them many
0: <laughs> that is a guarantee <laughs> i did my lime read reread earlier this year i am now going to make my way through all eight books of niccolo god why <laughs> <laughs> oh. Freya. just so good macy there's, there's no why not question uh, why no Dun- is just so i look yeah. it is having a little bit of a detrimental effect on the word count of my current <laughs> novel i will have to admit that i will have to go through and do an unduniting edit
2: <laughs> but why <laughs> it'll be the phrase current book is delightful and will only be more delightful with a little
0: done <laughs> you say um,
2: that macy, what are you reading? <laughs> macy has been reading space books um, so I've been continuing my reread of Freeport and I found a space Weirushan, like, resurrection fic that I've been reading, mm-hmm. but I forgot to write it down, so heaven knows what it's called. Um, I will leave that to the scribes. Um, and I also read Provenance by Anne Leckie, which is set in the same universe as the Ancillary Justice trilogy, but is a totally different set of characters with way more, like, heisting and sibling rivalry, Um, and they have a spacewalk that is super tense, and there's, like, a weird spidery, like, underwater alien thing. It's great. Um, And also, yes, read way too much Scum Villain fanfic, uh, which will be a theme, as you'll find out, darling listeners. Um, Yes. And I'm extremely mad about the fact that I have been gotten by a TV show called Motherland Fort Salem, which is a military academy, like, rah-rah U.S. supremacy show about, like, gender-flipped patriarchy and witches, and it's mm. gay, and I'm I'm mad that it got me <laughs> because it's very, like, propaganda. I am not immune to propaganda, but it's gay, yeah. and I'm weak. So that's me.
1: <laughs> very good. Naomi?
3: Um I so my daughter just got just hit the perfect mm. age and we mainlined Avatar the Last Airbender nice. um, and have now moved into Korra which is a little bit you know obviously it it was perfect if you were watching Avatar over a 3 year period right. and then grew up and then Korra comes out um it's it's a little bit ahead mm-hmm. of her now so it's a little bit scary and and creepy but she actually is is super into it and I'm really yes. enjoying it so that's really that's really been quite delightful. Um, I am I always get really slow on reading when I'm not when mm-hmm. I'm writing and I've been writing a lot um lately uh just professional writing and so uh i've actually just been creeping very slowly through um a book that i actually normally would read in like a giant gulp because i'm really enjoying it some um, beasts made of night huh. uh by tochi on oh, nice. um which is just i, I mean it's really it, it, it's it's hard to describe but it's wonderful
1: um so so i highly recommend that yeah Tochi's work is fantastic. Highly recommend. I think I I read A Beast's Made of Night several years ago when it first came out, but for some reason I only remember the beginning of it. Um, but yeah, it was fantastic. Highly recommend. Yeah, just the sin, the sin eating. Yeah. I mean, it's just
3: uh, so amazing. Just so good. You know, so, so good.
1: Yeah. Um, I watch, I have not been reading or watching <laughs> very much uh, this week. So, I watched the first episode of the brand new animated show adaption of uh, Scum Villain, and it is surprisingly incredible. Macy, what? It's just very eerie. It looks like a it's video game. It's extremely eerie. It's extremely eerie. It does look like a video game. It is completely CGI animated. And so, like, you look at the faces sometimes, and it hits me in, like, a real uncanny valley place for a lot of it but there's these moments where they get the expressions absolutely flawless um and also it benefits because the voice acting is incredible uh they got some really really talented actors for it and the pacing is exquisite there was not a moment to breathe in the first episode highly recommend you're gonna Um, make
2: me watch this thing aren't you
1: you're gonna have to. Yeah. It's actually really good.
2: Okay, fine.
1: Uh, and of course, I'm still reading loads of uh, Scumville <laughs> and fanfic and The Untamed as usual. So let's just jump right into the episode, uh, dear listeners. Before we go any further, we do just want to let you know uh, one of the ten. As you know from the the intro section that we already uh, gave you at the beginning of the episode, we are going to be. Uh, talking a little bit about the first Harry Potter book. Uh, J.K. Rowling is a turf. and if you are not in a place where you are comfortable listening to this episode, totally fine. Come back to it another time, or just skip it. Uh, please take care of yourselves and whatever you need to to feel good about things, I guess. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> where, where,
2: where are you going, Alex?
1: I'm not sure. Heads up, darling
2: listeners, this is what the tent pole is.
1: Yep. Pretty much just that. Sure. Thank you. Amazing. No, very
2: concise. <laughs> and also, um, we will be talking a lot about a very exciting book that has only just come out. So if oh, yes. you want to go read that before listening to this episode, spoiler warning, dear listeners, for everything. Oh, yes
1: yeah yeah
2: uh, <laughs> but I you should already we, have it on pre-order right
1: you absolutely you should have it having pre-ordered yeah. it yes uh 1000 i think that we should try to not spoil it too much we will but find you... out
2: what naomi chooses us to talk about
3: <laughs> yeah that's, well, that's true <laughs> you know i i honestly the thing is actually i have friends who are complete spoiler phobes i myself yeah. am not a spoiler phobe um partly that's because i forget things after i read them (laughs) that's a mood um to to the point where i i've read stories and been like oh this is quite a good story i wonder it's it's exactly to my taste and then i go up who wrote it and it's like oh it's me (laughs) 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 i have literally had that happen to me
2: um yeah (laughs) okay uh, who is in charge of harry potter because we forgot to pick a person sure
0: I will be in charge of Harry Potter. Go Freya,
2: you just volunteered. Well done.
0: So, as we said, our first temp poll this week is Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, inexplicably marketed under a different title in other countries. Oh, thank you. Macy is now holding... Because philosophers, philosophers are boring. I just read the scene in which Hermione
2: was hiding in the
0: quote-unquote girl's bathroom,
2: and I had to put the book down for a moment and calm down, because that's not the... Ah, anyway, fine Americans. Once fine. Macy
0: has finished with her transatlantic <laughs> tantrum,
2: yeah, never, <laughs> never, Freya. You've learned this, Freya. What is this book?
0: This book, if you have been living under a small cultural rock, is the first book <laughs> in the Harry Potter series. It is the introduction for, I guess, most of our generation. I would say it's a very foundational magic school book, and it introduces us to Harry Potter and his friends and enemies and various people who will be important in his magical education and his life. Obviously it is stuffed full of boarding school tropes and (laughs) all the world building in the world, but it also tells a very self-contained story that introduces us to the idea of Voldemort as an evil that has now left the world and is coming back into it and has a personal tie to Harry Potter himself. I don't think we need Very to good. go into further detail. I'm almost certain you've either read it or watched the movie. Yes,
1: yeah. uh, apart from, I, I have a mild American freakout from Alex scheduled. Yes, which is, uh, someone wrote in the, the document here about how it comes from boarding school tropes. Um, I remember being like I think I was like probably 18 or 19 years old and finding out that like houses are actually a thing in British boarding schools and being like shocked to my core because I genuinely <laughs> thought that was just a Hogwarts thing. <laughs> well, say I was in I was a house, in, I was in right? two houses.
0: There were thing in primary schools in Australia, like public primary schools. And yeah. then there're a big thing at my high school which was a private Anglican girls school. So but, but did you
3: get did you get did you get sorted into your houses by a hat?
0: Well, I kind mean, of. I was I was sorted it, by a primogenitor yeah. because my mother was in my house when she was at my school, which is possibly oh. even more English. Yeah. Uh, yes.
2: That's, yes. I nearly got sent to a boarding school in York for a while there mm. but uh, Did my you? mother had a class tantrum and refused to God, let me go. think of
0: the funny stories mm. you would have if you'd gone to boarding school in york
2: <laughs> i know yeah. uh,
0: anyway oh. Oh.
2: but oh. anyway and anyway. you have more books and more interesting new books yes. to talk about
1: Naomi, please please regale us with uh everything about your book all right so
3: it's um it's called a deadly education but actually in my head all three of these books it's a trilogy um all three of them are really just the scholars yep Um, And so the Scalamance is this legend that appears, it's mentioned in Dracula. Um, Bram Stoker got it out of a book about um, Eastern European folklore. And it's essentially this legend of a school where the devil takes the hindmost. Um, And the idea is that it was this school of dark magic and wizards would choose, would voluntarily go into this school knowing that at the end of 10 years or something like that, they would come out with just heaps of wonderful, magical power. But the devil would take the last one out the door and claim their soul.
2: Mm. Nice.
3: And um, so I actually learned this legend Um completely from and i'm sorry i don't this this visual aid will not be available to to those just um just reading it but i have i have it here to show so this is darling
2: listeners this book is like three times the size of your head this is a huge book yes yes it's a gigantic this is
3: from the time life series of books advertised on tv (laughs) Um, you can get them for the low low subscription (laughs) price of uh i think 12.99 a month And a new volume of this, I think, like thirty-eight book series, would appear at your door every day if you only subscribe by calling the (laughs) one. Incredible. When your parents were already asleep. Um, Um, So, which which one is this? Which I did not do. This one is wizards and witches. Ah. Um. And there is literally a one, a two-page spread in here, which I will now attempt to find. Um. It's
2: illustrated. Oh yes, no.
3: I mean, this is basically a thinly, it's a thinly uh, ex, it's a thin excuse for putting in public domain art oh, and yeah. um, collecting in and, and filling up lots of pages and then selling your book to people who order it on lo- on, on the on late at night <laughs> television. <laughs> um, on television. Uh, but anyway, so this was the spread and you see this room it's pitch black oh, yeah. and there's just these handful of hooded figures visible in it and the thing about this was this the school has no teachers. The wizards would ask questions, um, and the answers to their questions would appear in letters of flame.
2: Amazing.
3: And so this idea of this school sort of lodged itself in my 10-year-old brain and stayed there. And uh, there was a point, I've gone through like more than one cycle of writing Harry Potter Mm -hmm. uh, fanfic. I, Mm -hmm. I go through fandoms fairly quickly. At a quick pace, um, but occasionally I come back to one after after a gap. And Harry Potter was one of the ones that I came and back to um, after quite a long gap. Um, but in my first round through, which was I think around two thousand, um, I wrote a, a set of sort of scalamonts, a story where um, Draco ends up inside the scalamonts. And I sort of refined my ideas of Mm -hmm. the school um, and played with that idea. And then that was, you know, 20 years ago. That was it. It That was it. Um, But one of the key pieces of that story that I kind of that that stuck with me is why do you choose to go into Mm -hmm. a school like this? Mm -hmm. What kind of a person Mm -hmm. chooses? What are the things that could make you go into a school like this? and the, the the necessary sort of despair, right, that has to be behind it. Uh, and so that was sort of living in my head for a long time. And then, um, later on, I came back to Harry Potter, I think in like 2016,
1: 2015.
3: To time, time, time what, what is meaning? time?
1: What is time? Yeah.
3: Uh, and I basically kind of sort of got engaged with the idea. Um, which didn't actually show up in any of my Harry Potter stories <laughs> at the time. But one of the questions that sort of lodged back in my head as I returned to Harry Potter was sort of the magic is free. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or rather, the ways in which the economy of Harry Potter does have, not actually make sense right. because magic is free. Right, yeah. Right, so the Weasleys, who have a total of eight highly skilled wizards in their family, um, should not be poorer than the Malfoys who only have three, right? No. That that's that's completely makes no sense. Um, but you know we're still supposed. So what's going on? Um, and I, you know there's a lot of ways in which the signifiers in Harry Potter are uh, kind of kind of confused. In that, you know, I I my personal take actually is that Harry Potter is, um, is a story about a mother who wants to buy things for her child, a mother who Mm. wants to provide for her child. Um, And obviously that feeling is informed by knowing what Rowling was going through as she came up with the story. Um, But it very vividly throughout feels to me, you know, like the things that are so rich, so vibrant are the shopping. Right. Yes. The shopping. That's my, that's my favorite thing. part too. <laughs> and and if you've ever been to like the Wizarding World in Orlando, that's what makes it so wonderful. It's right. not the rides. The rides yeah. are kind of like uh, okay, but it's literally getting to be in these magical stores. Right. And yeah. Physically feel yourself in this world, which is sort of
2: magical and yet consumerism yay well it's the fantasy the fantasy moment though the big moment for harry potter in the first book because we were rereading it for this is um that moment on the train where he buys one of everything off the cart yes yes for the first time Mm. he can afford to eat
1: yes yes Yes. even more so than like because like the moment that he goes into diagon alley right like that is a moment of like wonder of like oh wow there's this whole world that i didn't know about but i would completely agree macy you're right because like the moment where he has access to it uh, but is that, the
2: moment on the train? I, I think that what you're you're getting at, right? Because that's the thing that really came across to me in a Deadly Education was the strength of what the mother was trying to do for Elle.
3: Mm. Yeah, and but the, in a way, it's sort of the the piece that kind of that that kind of falls to the wayside in Harry Potter for me is that, um, you know, that's because that's the story that she wants to tell. She doesn't really care about the mm-hmm. economy she cares about that visceral kind of experience right that right. joy um and so the economy does not kind of make sense. it's really just you know shes she's just giving us the pleasure of being able to buy things you know of your kid having money- of imagining right. your child being able to get everything that right so that that was one of the seeds of um leading me into a deadly education eventually mm-hmm. uh And then it's sort of bumped into the state of the world, um, (laughs) climate change, um, uh, and as the mother of a child myself, in a way, thinking about the the things that I want to give Mm -hmm. and how it's not the material. And yeah, and, and so that's, those are the sort of the stew that was in there and what came out when I sit down to write, because I don't ever actually have a plan. Huh. when I, yep. write. Yeah. I I just sort of sit down and uh, the sentences start to come. And in this case, the first sentence was this girl who wanted to kill the hell out of Orion Lake," <laughs> um, <laughs> and And I didn't know who she was. Um, I, I didn't know who, um, he was. I didn't, you know, it was just literally like, I knew he had to die. That's what you told me.
0: But <laughs> we've touched on a whole lot of things that I think I've, I've already yeah. got <laughs> points that we want to talk about. Um, but I have to say, yeah. I love that you came, you started with a legend of the last person in a cohort dies and went to, how about 75% of every cohort dies?
2: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, let's talk about yes. that. Let's talk about the purpose and nature Great. of magical education, right? Right. Mm-hmm. and what is education for
3: uh, and so obviously in a deadly education in the Scalamont so my the, that question that I had to answer why do you go to mm-hmm. the school and the school that is so horrible that exacts such a horrible price um, and the answer clearly is it's better than staying outside sure. yeah. Right, and, and, and because it's not just why do you choose to go system? like one individual? Yeah. Why do people send their children yep. here? And obviously, that has to be because systematically it has to be way better. Um, and that's where I got the idea of you know, it's it your odds of making it out of puberty alive on the outside are one in twenty. The idea, the odds of making it out alive on the inside are yeah. one in four. This is um, great odds. But of course, yeah. Um, and so you you take the one in four odds, but that doesn't mean you are happy, right. <laughs> and it doesn't mean. And in a way, obviously, that becomes over over time more complicated. That that story complicates right. by that the odds aren't actually one in four for everyone right. there, um, and the odds just like the odds are not actually one in twenty for everybody on the outside, um, and the ways in which it's all a very It's a machine of
2: exploitation, essentially, right? Um, While it is also a place of shelter. Well, let's talk about that Uh, a little bit, because I think that if we're looking at magical educations and magical schools overall, like the pattern across various works, um, Harry Potter is also a story about class. In a very, very British way, it's all about class. Extremely, yes. Um, yes. Anybody who in the fanfic world tries to make some sense of the economy and the numbers and the population numbers... um, Tends to imagine, you know, is Hogwarts really the only school? Because Hogwarts is a British public school, right? It is the fancy upper class, upper crust, uniforms for everyone and prefects with sticks. You know, it's smeltings. Um, So who goes to the high school down the road? And then you look at something like, I will claim that Tamora Pierce's um, total books have a magic school in them. Right. Mm. So Caladri of Mindelan goes to magical night school, even though it's not all that magical. Um, and again, it's like secondary education is a thing for the privileged. But the, is magical education only a thing for the
0: privileged? And it's about, Discuss. it's about what is this magical education actually meant to be preparing you for? Because mm-hmm. in Harry Potter, it just seems to be everybody goes to school in order to learn how to use the magic that they have to fit into the magical society that they will be part of when they leave. One of my favorite things about reading Scholomats was that there's this balance between learning something that might be useful to you on the outside if you get out and learning something <laughs> that will let you get through the final graduation exam, which is trying not to be killed by deadly monsters and horrible spirits. And so there's this big when when Elle is trying to learn things, there's this tension between will this help me survive? Will this help me in the economy in by getting something from somebody else that might then help me to survive? Or will this be something that I can actually use on the other side? And only certain people of a certain level of privilege can afford to tip that balance into what will help me on the other side because they have the assumption of getting out.
1: Um, You mentioned graduation, and I just wanted to say, like, that was the thing that was making me laugh the whole way through the book because, like, there's this vibe of, if you, dear listeners, if you've ever listened to Welcome to Night Vale, um, specifically the episode where Cecil is like, it's street cleaning day, run, (laughs) run, that's exactly what it's like.
0: (laughs) But I also, I also wanted to say part of the the models of education that are in Harry Potter, in Hogwarts (laughs) versus the Scholomance. It's very much, here are your professors, they are the repository of wisdom, they will tell you things. It is, (laughs) things are being passed down and there's a few jokes about the stasis of knowledge, like Professor Binns has never changed his lectures in hundreds of years. Whereas the Scholomance, you are trying to learn things that you might be able to learn on the outside, but there's also this sense that knowledge is something that is there to be discovered and rediscovered, Mm. like you can access texts that may have been lost you can access knowledge that nobody on the outside currently has and that will be something that you can then take out into the world if you get through graduation and look i am not a computer person in the same way that i know naomi and macy are but even i picked up on the theme of how do i form this query to get information out of a formless void (laughs) of possible data sql is hard okay
3: Yes. Yes. like many helpful. many hours of debugging. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I feel like there must be some formative
0: experiences that led to the idea of no matter what you ask the void, you get mass destruction.
3: But I do think I do think we all right can agree we've all had the experience of trying yeah. to Google to try to find like mm. the fanfic story yeah. or the reference piece of material to write the oh. story, and you're like, um, well, how do I ask to find the right kind of gun? For use used by you know the stargate crew yep, yep. um right without and getting put on a government goodness. list of oh some sort right. yeah when, when we started
2: this podcast naomi we had a few early scribes who would like hear me say something stupid like the one NATO fanfic with the levels of hell and then they would yeah. just pop up with the link and i'm like how
0: how yeah. are you doing this how? And, like they haven't yes. read it
2: they didn't recognize the google story google things. wizards yes. yeah
0: yeah well i mean alex you alex i I want to draw in this dot point here now because you said is the archive of our own a magical school for writers discuss macy said that that, that and and alex added some things about (laughs) speaking into the void i I approve i actually so in that case what is the ao3 equivalent of a predilection for mass destruction spells when it comes to trying to search for things (laughs) within the tags (laughs)
3: hmm Um, well, I don't know. Um, um i mean i was i was actually gonna say that i feel like the archive of our own is like a house actually yeah. right i feel like wattpad fanfiction.net archive of our own. These are houses <laughs> of magical education in the in
2: the school of fandom. Like old I, right? school I think that was Geo true like City's five websites. years ago. Uh, I think that was true five years ago. But like yeah. nowadays, yeah. Uh, with, particularly with like the import um, stuff, I remember going looking for Freeport back in the day when it was only on the Gundam Wing Raygun Works archive <laughs> and you had to manually copy paste every single page into a document and like save it as a word doc and It was a thing. But then I went searching a couple of years back and someone had imported it into the archive. And I'm like, yes, I can download a Moby. (laughs) <laughs> it's 220,000 words long and I can read it
1: truly we are living in such luxury these days <laughs> but okay I think if um if
2: you have so darling <laughs> listeners in the book one of the really fun things about Elle is that the school kind of has opinions about what it'll give you based on your predilections and talents and L's talent mm-hmm. is for mass destruction and Elle would really it rather yes. wasn't so whenever Elle runs a search query she gets like obscure Egyptian curses and stuff and I feel yes. like on the AO3, this is getting tentacle porn
0: every Yes, time. untagged. You know? yes. Untagged tentacle porn <laughs> right. keeps I turning agree. up.
2: Untagged main character death. <laughs> untagged main character vor. Yep. So a school is an object for turning yes. smaller humans than you into what you want them to be.
0: Mm. Right. Yes. Yes.
2: Um, yes. And the yes. you in this sentence is whoever is quote unquote paying for the school. So in our modern right. society, that's generally governments. And you see mm. this based on the history curriculum in various countries. For example, I did not learn anything about the starvation in India in my British public schools. and hmm, I, bet I you, wonder Alex, why. You yeah. learned very little about Emmett Till in your public American high school
1: well yeah, I was homeschooled the but, only thing yeah. we learn about
3: like, the only thing you learn about about uh, the Native oh, Americans gosh. is like you know
2: Thanksgiving everybody has yeah, a it's like you would almost think that JK yeah. had gone right. to an American school for the uh, accuracy with which she portrayed them um, <laughs> but so Scholomance the goal is to keep people yeah. alive um, Yes. in Hogwarts the goal is to make you quote unquote a productive member of upper class society <laughs> what are some other magic schools? And how? It- a product? Do you? Do you? I don't know that I. I feel like productive
3: feels like a stretch for Hogwarts, right? It's where like I'm giving the like Minister I, Fudge
2: voice on that. <laughs>
1: yes. Yes. So, yes. so for many of the students who are going to Hogwarts, it's like going back to how British it is, right? It's an opportunity to do like seven years of social networking. Yeah. Because part yeah. right. of... I mean, it feels
3: like it's its your only chance to meet your life. <laughs> right, longer. because like
1: part, <laughs> part of being a productive member of upper class society is like marrying someone who is also a wizard and then producing more wizards.
2: Yes, baby um, very important.
1: Yeah. I will then, if none of you will
2: take up my dot point that I put here, um, let's talk about, so Naomi, have you come across the untamed in recent memory? I, I have not, I, I mean, I've
3: seen it, like, through phanish osmosis enough to be like, when mm, I yep. have time, in some, some halcyon
2: it magical future. Well, then, please forgive yep. us a, like, three minute aside, because... <laughs> That's okay, <laughs> please do, please Lunch! do, I, because
3: yeah. it, it clearly looks like it's
2: absolute, I, I, I'm sort of like, I want <laughs> yes, to, It's so I much fun, to, but. but the middle section, it's hilariously structured, the structure is nonsense, it's great. The middle section has two separate magical schools in it, I will argue. Yes. Lan Chiren's Gusu Lan indoctrination <laughs> ceremony has a particular bent. Like, that is a magical school in which Lan Chi Ren wants to create a bunch of obedient small children who will follow the
1: precepts of the Gusu Lan. Yeah. So we are going to solemnly recite the precepts for you, all 3000 of them, and you will take <laughs> them in and you will obey them and be good little students. Very quiet, very well behaved <laughs> versus the Wen indo- indoctrination a little bit later on. Yeah. So, come on, we need to have more magical schools than this, people. Give me some input. So there's, um in Tamara Pierce's Circle of Magic, mm-hmm. there is a, like, very established magical school. And then there is sort of, like, the... Little cottage run by the lesbians just outside yep. Yep. the magical school, which is where the troublemakers get sent. Yep, um, and because lesbians you don't... help with that;
3: they're very competent.
1: Well, there's also
3: yeah. sorry, there's also of course um, the Isle oh, of Roke yes. in uh, Earthsea, mm-hmm. right? Um, which which is uh, quite an early school of magic. Um, and then by contrast, I would say one of my own quite vivid contrast is um the forgotten beasts of eld oh yes which is about a wizard um who is self-taught in a way like her father is Mm. a wizard and he he teaches her um and she learns but it's it's so much it's so personal her magic is so specific to the creatures um you saying
2: that makes me want uh, to ask is uprooted a magic school story
3: uh, in a way, I mean, there is a magic school mm. in it. But I mean, even right? just like there's the, a school the, for wizards. The dragon and her in the tower, and and the there. dragon. Yeah, the dragon takes her in the tower, and and she learns magic. And it's just a sort of one-on-one. <laughs> it's you know, private, mm. independent study, one-on-one tutoring with with your very cranky. <laughs> And, yep. and, uh, and. Well, what you yeah, said
0: about the, the idea computer, of personalized magic um, reveals another mm-hmm. difference, I think, between the Scholomance and Hogwarts is that Hogwarts has a structured curriculum that everyone does. Everybody does first year mm-hmm. potions and first year transfigurations, and there are standardized tests at the end of it that everybody has to do. And there's a sense that some people are more or right. less gifted in different areas, and you can start to choose your electives once you get into higher uh, areas, which is more or less how my high school worked as well. But the Scholomance is yeah. very much about self-directed learning and taking advantage Mm -hmm. (laughs) of your particular strengths and areas of interests or attempting to suppress them if you are ill and trying not to wreak mass destruction on a daily basis. But it's much more about it's a different (laughs) model of education. It's saying we're not trying to produce a lot of witches and wizards who know the same spells and do the same things, even if they have different roles in their society as this one's going to be a healer and this one's going to be an aura. It's saying magic is a lot weirder and more idiosyncratic than we think it is. And so the Scholomance is designed to say you can achieve almost anything if you put in the work and make the right sacrifices and what you do will be completely different to what the person in the room next to you does, which I really liked.
3: Yeah, and right. And the part of that is, of course, that everybody is desperately trying to Mm. find their niche, the niche that will get them out the door. And, um, and the other piece is that, you know, I think that part of it is my, my sense that there's a lot of, in the US, at least, that there's a, a strong feeling that education has become kind of like a holding pen that keeps mm-hmm. growing, right? So first you had to go through, you had to have a high school degree, then you had to have a, a bachelor's degree, right? And it's in a way, it's a way to keep the the um, labor force from growing too fast, which, um, and then uh, producing, People who are going, and it rewards people who can fit in, who can make themselves I was, yep, yep
2: in the machine. I was just yep, going to say, like, because right? it, it behooves a government to have uniform... Industrialized. Right? It behooves a right? government to have a yes. uniform output of the school system. But yeah, And the other
3: piece, right, I, which I would add, is that in the U.S. there's a much stronger feeling that the purpose of the schools is to provide useful, not just useful citizens right? Which is in some ways a little more innocent. It's useful labor. Useful factory workers
1: to business. Obedient. Let Let me clarify rather than useful, obedient obedient yes but it's producing uh interchangeable parts where if where you can be like plopped into a setting and you can be exploited all day until you fall down dead on the job and then you can be replaced with someone else but it's
2: hilarious because what you actually see when you get out into the world among you know the scrabbling 20-something millennials um is everybody trying to stand out everybody trying to find like you're saying naomi their niche Mm -hmm. their you know what can i sell on etsy yeah um, what can I hustle? What can I do that will set me somewhere unique so that I can't be replaced? place?
0: So let's talk about that because I want to talk about yep. the idea of yes. interpersonal relationships in both of these texts. So Please. one of the first things that Harry hears when he's being exposed to other wizards is you don't want to go making friends with the wrong sort.
2: With the wrong sort. Said sword. to him by I a small
0: pointy-nosed blonde boy who is being fitted for his robes. And ah. for all that Hogwarts is a very, very class system. It's sort of giving you your niche on day one. It says here, you're a smart person. Here's smart person table. Here is. Dubiously yep. evil table. Off you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the idea is right. that... Yeah, yeah you're, you're and 11. Uh, and you're 11. The most generous interpretation of the yeah. house system is that it is trying to give you a friendship group from day one. The actual reason is it's trying to give you, exactly as you said, Alex, your professional network of here are your people. You will come out of school knowing yep. the right people and not the wrong people. And obviously Harry Potter as a person forms friendships, like real friendships within... Uh, both his house and to a certain extent outside of his house. But really, he just goes along with making friends with the other brave kids in Brave House. Whereas the Scholomance, you have niches and cliques and friendship groups like any school would. But there's always a sense, and I think in this sense, Elle, the narrator, is a little bit of a biased narrator because she thinks purely in terms of allyship, not friendship. Who are my Mm -hmm. possible allies? Who can I work with, whose cog fits into mine in an interesting way for us to get through this alive. And there is an economics of favours and barter. And L just views everything in terms of that. Human feelings? Sounds fake. Not real.
2: There's also a sense from, and I think this does span more than just L, but perhaps not everyone in the Scholomance, that um, exerting yourself in any way has a cost and must extrude a value. Mm. Um, and so why would I bother to go out of my way to make friends if I was not getting something out of this? That's something only the rich kids And the psychology
0: indeed. of someone doing you a favor, I think, is a lot more mm-hmm. realistic in The Swallow Man's. Elle hates yeah. that Orion keeps saving her life. She does not want but to owe this person him. anything whereas yeah. there is a sentence in philosopher's Stone which is oh after Harry and Ron saved Hermione from the troll in the bathrooms they had to be we friends were inevitable they be were never really like are you sure <laughs> that doesn't sound inevitable to me
1: <laughs> uh, and I was having some really big thoughts about like the area of effect protagonist aura um which Harry definitely has and it's not really questioned but then but we're in, um, Harry, a little it... bit more than we're in right because like the entire thing is from Harry's perspective he is the protagonist and also he is exuding this protagonist aura and so things just sort of happen to him this happens in like many many fantasy books where the protagonist just has a Bell slightly Davian. easier yeah, where the protagonist just has a slightly easier time of it than everybody else around them Um, and then you get books like A Deadly yeah, Education which I don't understand right. no
3: no the protagonist should always have the worst <laughs> yeah, time yes
1: where you have like everyone else at Hogwarts is like just trying to have you ever seen that uh webcomic um Oh the background Life is a background Hufflepuff background or Background Hufflepuff. Slytherin. Yeah. Life is a background <laughs> Slytherin, that's what it is. Where like there's right. this protagonist sort of like on the other side of the room, like doing protagonist things, and you're like, I just want to get my homework done. God damn yep. it. Yep. Um I just
2: want to so... not get eaten by a monster. Could you stop attacking monsters when you're walking next to me, please? Right, right. And so like this <gasps> happens in yeah. Harry. Will you stop fighting the chimera in the, in the alchemy yep. lab? I'm trying to get my project yep. done. <laughs> God damn it.
1: So, right
2: you that the second that alex is talking mostly about the second main character in the deadly education who is
1: orion lake <laughs> yes um so, yes. who is who's is very much i think positioned um against harry potter in the conversation mm. that a deadly Edu- education is explicitly having with harry potter about what it means to be a protagonist Um, because you go into this school and, like, a chair could be trying to kill you. But Orion (laughs) Lake just, like, and so everyone in the school is like, gotta check the chair before I sit down. Gotta check this box before I open it. Something could jump out and kill me. And Orion Lake is just, like, happily going around, sitting on chairs, opening boxes without thinking about it because he has such a strong protagonist aura that it, like, affects (laughs) the entire area around him. (laughs) And things just don't happen to him, right? I mean,
0: they do, but then he kills them.
1: But and then because, he kills them. Right. And so he's like right. wandering around being this like slightly antisocial weirdo. Well, I wasn't sure. I will ask Naomi this, because I wasn't sure if that was an Orion Lady
2: yeah. thing or a fancy kid with lots of magical energy that they weren't that none of the monsters were gonna target thing. Could be both. you have to wait till book uh, three. Oh, oh, okay. oh sorry. Spoilers.
3: <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay. uh, I, I know, but but no, I'm not telling. Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah. But the glory of having Elle as a narrator is that you have what everyone on the outside is probably thinking about this really annoying protagonist, and what a lot of people are probably thinking about Harry Potter, who breaks uh-huh. a lot of rules and still gets a yep. bazillion house points he for it. He got given
2: yep. a broom for risking his life and disobeying a teacher. What? And You're this terrifying. invisibility
0: cloak just turns up out yeah, of everything the Everything that happens to Harry right. is so unfair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And you can tell that there probably right. are some people in Hogwarts on the edges in his year who are having a very L time of it. Oh, yeah. And would like to just get through their homework. Draco, Draco for, for example. example. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. Um,
3: and the thing, of course, is, right, that, you know, Uh, Of course, if you sort of talk to Harry and were like, well, what would you rather have? A nice, normal life with your actual parents? Or would you like all this stuff? And he would be like, can I have my parents? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, As as any rational, right. Right. Um, And, you know, obviously to me, that's the, that's the key for Orion, right? That was the key that I needed to make Orion matter to Hmm. me, which is that he is choosing to save people. Yeah. Right. He doesn't have to. He could literally just be sort of sailing right. right through. No problems. um. And yet he is he is choosing to aggressively save people, even though he he doesn't necessarily at the beginning, at least, have any reason to believe that he's he's going to be able to do this mm-hmm. just fine. But he he still is doing yeah. it. um. And that's that's obviously, I think, you know, part of what makes Galadriel yeah. so mad. That his his actual. Well, I think the
2: thing actual, that really yeah. got to me was how upset he <laughs> right. was when he didn't save Jack, right? Like, and how Jack's victim died. Like, it's clear that Orion isn't just trying to save people, but he's feeling it deeply when he fails to.
0: Mm. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I do like that you get more and more of a sense of him as Elle gets more and more of a sense of him. Because at the beginning, yeah, she sees he can afford to save people because, you know, philanthropy is a privilege <laughs> when you are fighting for your life. Right. And how dare he save everybody right. at me yeah, you know, yep. he's doing <laughs> yeah. this to annoy me because he knows I haven't got all of the advantages that he has and very slowly we, we see how her sense of who Orion is and what's actually motivating him and how he is a slightly more complicated person than that <laughs> changes throughout the book which is absolutely lovely
2: but I want because we've only got 15 minutes left to talk about building. tell us about buildings Macy tell us who wrote this who wrote
0: the control <laughs> farming me. of
2: delicious children? Frame the mask, <laughs> justify yes. yourself.
0: Well, I was thinking about why why, and how Hogwarts and the Scholarman's were built. And mm. so, yes, Hogwarts was built by the founders as a school of learning slash social division and networking thing where we put a hat on and we... <laughs> produce a horde of children in our own image. Yep. Whereas the Scholomance, as Naomi said, was built specifically as a way of saying, well, we're going to lose a certain percentage of all of our young magic users anyway. This way we'll just feed a very small amount of them to the monsters and therefore it won't be like overfishing. <laughs> you know, we're not just letting everybody out there to, to, so to thin the bun. population. It's
1: sustainable. It, it's, it's, cause it's
0: sustainable right. farming. Oh yeah. delicious, magical <laughs> children.
1: Right, it's so, very you know, and you know,
3: obviously, the thing is right. Um, so one of the one of the things that and this this comes this gets played with a little more, obviously, uh, in book two and then in book three, which is you know sometimes the the motives that you claim, right? There's the motives you claim publicly, and then there's the motives that you have privately. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the two of them are not, you know the motive the public motive may not necessarily be a complete lie, even if you have the sure. ulterior motive. And sometimes, of course, the forward motive becomes uh, becomes the real motive to the people who are after sure. you. Um, or the background motive becomes the the motive, you know, it's sort of that that play of cynicism and idealism, which motive do you choose to foreground it, it, as as a person living in this system? Mm-hmm. Right. And that um, that tension is 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 something that I feel very strongly in a lot of just sort of in general, ring in public mm-hmm. life, yeah. right, that we have that and in schools and and that's a thing that it feels very true to me that um you know and and so the the motives for for um for the building of the scalamonts, i think are a little a little murky yeah. uh in, in a way that that it can be experienced as I do think, right? So many of us. I, which of us, right? Doesn't know somebody who literally went to the same school that we did, had possibly almost exactly the same class as we did, and yet had a completely different experience, right? Whether vastly more positive, vastly more negative, and looks back on it in a completely right. different way. And that's, and that's something that I think is important, right? It's it's mad. It's a magic school. It should not be like a single. Ha, yes.
0: Hmm. monolithic sure. experience. Yeah. And the whole point of the plot of the first Harry Potter book is that a school that was built to be a very safe and well-guarded place is now being used to guard something completely different.
2: Right. Without and what telling the, danger, the children right.
0: about it. We've just put this magical yeah. item there. We've guarded it with a whole lot of very dangerous spells. Which is and also we're just saying two. Just don't wander into that. Just don't wander over there as if that's ever worked on a child in... <laughs> ever
2: it's also book two with the fucking basilisk book three yeah. with the let me hire a werewolf
0: yeah it's a, it's book a school four with says fucking this is a safe place to send your children you, you know, know we will protect whereas the scholar man <laughs> says this is not a safe place to send your children but it's the best chance they've got
2: but you're making me think for right. a little bit about the interaction between that which isn't really very voiced in canon like nobody notices that and calls it out And a lot of the fanfic, which comes back to Hogwarts almost as a holy place, and then is like, this has been despoiled, let us fix it up. I'm thinking back again of Transfigurations,
0: right? Mm. Um, But I mean, across the Harry Potter series, the importance of Hogwarts as shelter becomes more and more and more important. Like, it's the idea that you can't, uh, you know, transport yourself into it. Uh, You know, it's a place that is there essentially as a narrative device to shelter Harry, while he grows up into somebody who can kill Voldemort.
2: Well, specifically, yes, it's a shelter yeah. for the abused child. From Harry's point of view, Hogwarts, with its basilisks and werewolves, is safer. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. and I mean it's a it's it's a shelter, yeah, yeah. right? If you're trying if you're ba- if you're
3: escaping domestic right, violence, yeah. right? It's the place that you go, and um, and of course. But at the same end t- yet it's also meant to be a place of adventure,
2: and so you know places of adventure safe. are not very mm-hmm. safe not but safer. I think that we no. we tend to anthropomorphize Hogwarts a lot, and Hogwarts itself helps with that um but I think that a lot of magic schools do take place in kind of semi sapient buildings, like the scholar mm-hmm. definitely felt like it had opinions
0: mm and yes. if it doesn't, the void definitely yes. does well
3: i do I do also feel that you know magic uh Right. Magic is something that should spill sure. over. Right? You know, that's where the maleficaria mm-hmm. really, a lot of the maleficaria are the, the consequences of wizards using magic and not really kind of keeping control of it. Um and that things that you create and give certain kinds of will to will eventually kind of take on a will of their own um and in a way they're they're algorithms right uh they're they're the social media algorithms you let them loose and they'll (laughs) and suddenly they'll try to eat you it made me think a little bit like a lot
2: of the models Um, made me think of the bit in house proud right with the bed mm -hmm. and the thing coming out from underneath
0: yes yes yeah it's about what you get you get back what you put in and after a certain right. point, you've, if you put in neglect and if you put in horror and fear, that's what you get back out. And I love the idea of yeah. the maleficaria as the social media algorithm because <laughs> yeah, we, we don't know how to protect children from what the internet mm. has become after years and years and years of thoughtless output.
2: I mean, YouTube is terrifying. Yeah. the The ways in which it's radicalising people purely based on an algorithm that's designed to optimize for engagement without really sitting back and thinking what does engagement mean for our monkey brains like what is engaging well shocking and horrifying things and conspiracies that are false are surprise engaging Hmm. Right. Right. Things that could not be real, things that are lies.
3: Lies are much more engaging than the fairly prosaic everyday. Because yeah, it's exciting. Um, i am speaking, speaking <laughs> as a writer of, of lies who's who is nevertheless trying to tell the truth. Yeah. But um the but yeah, I do feel like that's that that I do feel that the school comes mm-hmm. to life. Um that, that that there is a life, there should be a life in the in the stones and well like, and yeah. it
2: made me compare it a little bit to um, the the space school in Ender's game which is kind of the, the very far mm. sci-fi end of magic schools right but you definitely feel that yeah. there's kind of so many kids living in such fear and tension that it kind of seeps into mm-hmm. the environment and you do feel like this the the dragon's dorm is different to whatever the other kids mm. team's dorms were. It's yeah, interesting because kids anthropomorphize. At a certain,
0: point the, a certain yeah. point, the culture of yeah. the school becomes the the school itself. Mm. And it's mm. about what kind of yeah. culture is being cultivated. Eh?
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, especially in <laughs> scalamance, because like explicitly <laughs> Sorry, the the thing that you believe is what becomes true, right? And like if right. you believe like the school is partially powered by your belief in the school. Right. Yep. Right.
3: Um, and, you know, so the, it's, it's important because. Obviously that that's why they have the blueprints yeah. all over the walls them. that they have. Yes. But I
2: just, can I just engineer nerd out? Because I really love the stuff about like patching patches on top of patches and like yeah. fixing mm-hmm. the school um, and the way that that mutated what it was meant to be. And I'm just like, yes, this is how but software it's, yeah, engineering
0: it's, works. It's definitely an engineering thing, <laughs> yes. but it's also, it's yes. also an education thing. It's about <laughs> saying, this is how sure. we've always taught it. Oh, we better make some tweaks to the curriculum. Uh, Just to reflect what's already happened. But at a certain point, you may need to go in and completely revamp from the roots. But nobody's doing that. You haven't got time. So we just keep patching and patching.
2: (laughs) This is fine. Right. So we have a little bit of time left. And I really
1: wanted to talk about Omalas. Well, when don't we want to yeah. talk about Omelas, frankly? <laughs> I this mean, whole podcast yeah. was founded on Omelas. The whole entire
0: <laughs> episode about Omelas.
1: The, first, yeah. the reason that we yeah. started this podcast,
2: Naomi, was because we wanted to yell about Omelas and victory condition. Yes. Yay.
0: Because <laughs> yeah.
1: nerds. So who wrote this? That was me. <laughs> Can you stop saying, okay, I feel like I have to advocate for our dear listeners? Can you stop saying who wrote this without like saying what it is? Cuz d- more it's not just like showing something to the camera and saying, "Look at this, dear listeners, isn't it great?" It's also like highlighting something in a document that's private to us and hoping that the listeners will be able to understand the context. Alex, right. Alex you have to understand. There's no possible way for me to work the husbands and wives
2: show into this episode. So oh I need my to god. Make Somehow. Macy, oh The,
1: once, fine, again, dear listeners, the hus- <laughs> once again, dear listeners, Macy is referring to Person of Interest. A very good show. The Husbands and Wives show.
2: <laughs> the cost of power and the cost of peace to the individual is a topic which Freya would like to elucidate now. Thank
0: you, please. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> yes. So the dot point, which is being invisibly highlighted for your pleasure, is... <laughs> as macy said this book has the book (laughs) the deadly education has a lot to say about what the cost of magic and power is both to the individual and to a magical society and that is what i wanted to ask naomi to talk about a little bit because there's this book is doing some really interesting things with how an individual generates power and what the cost is to them but also what is the cost of having magical people and how is the cost paid by the scholaments
3: right um and you know it's one of those things where um, very often ideas that I explore in in fanfic um, because of course the, the wonderful thing about fanfic is fanfic does not have to be a commercial mm-hmm. link it does not have to be I, I don't have to necessarily build a whole world from no scratch plot. I can go with the with the characters who live inside of my mm-hmm. head um, already and um, and so I often find myself exploring ideas in fanfic that then end up in my next book, which then doesn't get published for uh-huh. like two years because that's the <laughs> that's schedule. <how> that's <laughs> um, Right. And, um, you know, one of the things for me um, when I was writing Victory Condition mm-hmm. uh, is just this sort of really palpable sense of um, that the way in which much of the evil that we do as both as individuals and as a society is predicated on hiding it right. from ourselves, right? Um, it's that the, the, all the systems that we have, the systems fundamentally of capitalism, right. right? That the systems are all designed and become increasingly more efficient at moving harm, moving costs away right. From the visibility of the people who are essentially propelling the doing you know creating the propulsive force and so that you have this kind of propulsive force happening back here that by the time it gets to the people who are actually being hit um it it can't be stopped and also it can be plausibly Um,
2: denied that it was done on purpose
3: yes yes exactly exactly that sort of plausible deniability and in a way You know, Victory Condition, um, and I didn't, I don't know that I would have said this Mm -hmm. at the time, but I think about it in retrospect, that it's about essentially the, um, you know, that I think that what Omalas, the city Mm -hmm. of Omelas, and I think that one of the problems with a lot of times when people read Omelas, they they get to the child and they think Omalas is this horrible Mm -hmm. place. And that's, they've missed the huge front loading of Omelas is amazing. Mm -hmm. Right. And the contrast that Omelas is a place where there is one child in one basement, as opposed to our world in which there are millions of children in millions of basements. Um, And the that I feel that the distinction of Omalas, right, is that Omalas is the place. It's the empire of unsheathed eyes. It's the place where you look at your own cruelty and you don't deny Mm -hmm. it and you face and you look at it. You force yourself to tell the truth. You force yourself to look at the harm you do. And that, you know, obviously, this is not necessarily relevant to giant robots, but if you're a person, right, then all your natural all our natural instincts of non-broken people and there are broken people <laughs> um but there are you know people who are uh, sociopathic or narcissistic or who literally cannot experience the feelings of others but for the vast majority of people it is very hard to deliberately cause harm and knowingly do something truly horrible if it isn't kind of hidden
2: from, if, if you haven't sort of bought yep. into hiding mm. from I think There's yourself. Hiding or justifying, um, like, can I convince myself this person is evil? Right, right. Which is, of course, a syst- uh, uh, and
3: and even then, you've got to have that person far enough away that you can't, ki- that, that, that they can yep. blur, you know, that soft soft yep. focus, evil, mm-hmm. evil, evil cloud, yes. um, as opposed to if they're right in front of you, talking yep. to you, um, you know, in, in pain or crying, you know, if you see somebody who like gets hit by a car it, it, in the street in front of you, don't stop to say like, "Are you a good person?" Let's let's quiz mm. <laughs> uh, before you before you like you know put a tourniquet on or whatever. So the question is, so walking away from omalas, I feel is predicated on being in omelas, and to walk away, you have to say, "I'm going to love also. I am going to choose to open my." open my horizons of the people that I'm willing to care about. Because if you look at right, because that's the the piece is first telling the truth about your own mm. cruelty and saying, I'm willing to sort of in a way face what I'm really doing and recognize recognize the harm that I'm doing. That could potentially still lead to enormous cruelty. Right? That's what Omalas is doing. They are deliberately choosing to hurt this one child um in order to preserve the rest. They are and, and the you know that's that sort of optimist yeah. right is the one who says I'm going to love that child even if it costs me yeah. so but you can't really choose that if you're not also, if you haven't Basically. actually first started by looking I, at I
2: think it, that correct. that was the thing that I was looking at and, with oh gosh the girl from the um, upper class group um, Orion's friend uh, uh, Chloe. Chloe. Chloe, right? That was the journey, kind of, that I Chloe. saw her going on. Right, was her discovery of what was right. actually happening, uh, what she taught herself not right. to see. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because basically, in in a Deadly Education, um, the you are much like less likely to die if you came in with certain advantages, and so the kids who have those certain advantages kind of right. turn their faces away from the suffering of the others, and it's kind of expected and allowed. Um, yeah,
1: and Elle yeah. sort of rubs their nose in it. Right. And I wish that I had written down the line where it happened. But like I read this one line from Elle and I was like, oh, this is your victory condition moment, Elle. This is like your Megatron moment where you're like, fuck the system, actually. Let's just like tear it down. (laughs) Let's just save everyone. Um, Let's just save everyone because that's something that we can do. So, yeah, fantastic.
0: I've been thinking about how this interacts with Harry Potter because... (laughs) I think a lot of what conversations that have happened in Harry Potter fandom and mm-hmm. in fanfic have been to do with the idea that as a book series and as a, as a narrative, especially the first book, it tries to hide the knives. Because what we're doing yeah. is we are taking a child who is living in a cupboard and we are taking him out of that and we're putting him somewhere safe and protected. We're and feeding from his him point pumpkin of view, pie. And... From his point of view, yeah. he has now been protected and taken out of this you know terrible situation that he was in put in a place where he has all the food he could want and friends but on a certain level he is still the sacrifice it is ju- he, he doesn't get to see that. Yeah, he, he, he is still the sacrifice that is being that Dumbledore the and the ad the magical adults in the magical world are saying this is the chosen one this is the one that we are prepared to sacrifice in yep. order to be safe again but he doesn't see that because from right. his point of view he was the child who has now been saved he was the well, child who lives, he's right. now been saved, and he doesn't know what he is being prepared for. It's and I all think this being is why I hate,
2: I, I have a real grudge against chosen one narratives where it's a prophecy or something that's pinned to an individual kid, as opposed to the heroes like Alana the Lioness, where they choose, right? Because you're just mm-hmm. completely removing agency, you're making this sacrificial, um, you're, you're putting this on a character, and what does that say to a reader? right? Like, what does it say about what you have to endure if it's for the best for all? Like, I don't want to teach kids that it's good to stay in an abusive situation, frankly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah so that is that is the end of the episode um thank you so much naomi for coming on to to join us uh your book is wonderful i hope it goes amazingly well dear listeners you should go buy it thank you Uh, a deadly education which just came out on september 29th or will have just come out for you for us that's still in the future (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) thank you all for having me this was so much fun. thank you
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Be The Serpent, a podcast of extremely, extremely deep literary merit. I'm recording this outro on October the 4th, when the words, everything happens so much, have never been more appropriate. Like Elle, we're all engaged in survival mode this year, and I don't really know what to say except to hope that this episode, and Naomi's fantastic book, can provide you with some sustenance and some distraction. I've seen a lot of our listeners tweeting about which episodes they're listening to and how they're helping them get through lockdown, and we are incredibly glad to be providing that small service of making art and making ourselves laugh in the midst of the darkness. And speaking of darkness, hey, for the next episode, two weeks hence, on October 21st, we'll be doing our bit to prepare you for the spooky season, because we're talking about vampires. Or, as Alex is going to try to insist we pronounce it, vampires. So, if you've got any friends who are mysteriously unaging, or really into hot people who sizzle in the sunlight, maybe give them a heads up. One of our tentpoles will be Taika Waititi's film What We Do in the Shadows, which I highly recommend you check out. Questions? Comments? Breathless adulations? As ever, you can get in touch with us at serpentcast at and we're at SerpentCast on Twitter and Tumblr. Or come and join the fan Discord community, which is linked on the About the Show page of the podcast website. If you have been enjoying the podcast and would like to support us more, you can find our Patreon at patreon.com serpentcast, or please consider leaving us a rating and a review on iTunes so we can continue to reach new listeners. And by the way, the Void approves of you, and we do too.